0: Hello, Vitality Explorers. Alan Misher here again with another episode of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. So this week we're going to be taking a deep dive into our brains. Okay, and the purpose of this podcast, as always, is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. We typically start the podcast with a quote, and this is from one of my buddies, Henry David Thoreau. And here's the quote, quote, It's not what you look at, it's what you see. It's not what you look at, it's what you see. So again, our goal here is to enhance um, vitality, global vitality, one person at a time. We're also trying to take the friction out of staying vital and help you make deposits into your vitality Bank account. So last week we talked about healthy knees. We talked about what is your sliced bread, but we also talked a little bit about how to keep our brains brilliant. And I want to review that last piece because the rest of this particular podcast is going to be focused on how to keep our brains brilliant or healthy okay and here are the suggestions from last week's podcast i suggest you review that a little bit you can also see it on vitalityexplorers.substack.com all the references can be found there you can also sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for a free text message version of all this information but here are the suggestions from last week's how to keep your brain brilliant stay in motion stay connected, and stay passionate. So the idea that motion, connection, and passion all help our brains stay brilliant is not just my opinion. It's based in pretty hardcore published peer reviewed uh, data. This week, we're going to review three more papers about how to keep our brains brilliant. One is called Silence Beats Mozart for Brain Cell Growth. Second is Brain Stimulation Protocol Accelerates Learning. And the final one, maybe my favorite one, is Blueberries Enhance Brain Function." So let's take a dive into the difference between silence and Mozart. All right. So my question for this particular one is when is the last time you had 10 minutes of complete silence in your life? Silence is everywhere. Excuse me. Silence is everywhere. Sound is everywhere. I wish silence were everywhere sometimes. it's really not all bad that there's sound around us all the time. I, mean, I think it can help us s- stay connected with other people for having a, you know, lively discussion. It can also be your favorite song, your favorite music. Music is obviously an amazing way to, to touch your brain and touch your soul. Uh, live performances or in a movie are especially fun. Um, sounds can help us avoid danger, you know, a train blowing its whistle or, or hearing a car horn. But I think something we're missing and vital people need to, to listen up for a second. Is an emerging data suggests that we need some silence in our lives, and let's review a cool paper about it. And it has a little bit to do with Mozart. All right, so baby Mozart music. all the rage when my daughter was really young so maybe i I can't remember maybe even before she was born we were playing some of these baby mozart cds cds for all you guys were how we used to listen to music before mp3s came along and streaming so you would buy a baby mozart cd and you would play it for your kid in the hope that they would become a genius later and i will confess to being one of those parents um and and it's very interesting it was very highly marketed Um, Tens, I don't remember, tens of millions of these CDs, I think, were were sold over the whole series of them over over many, many years. So what happened, what's interesting is this grew out of the idea that physical exercise helps stimulate our brains. And that that, that fact really has led researchers to look into what types of sound can help our brains. And then there's this paper I stumbled across. And this is it. This is the title of the scientific paper. Is silence golden? effects of auditory stimuli and their absence, on adult hippocampal neurogenesis. Lots of big words, but here's, here's what the this, this details of the study. Mice were used in the study, and they were exposed to five different types of sound for two hours per day. They actually constructed sort of a little box where they put the mice in. And the five different sounds that they were exposed to um, were white noise, and that's just sort of an unstructured auditory stimulus which, by the way, I really like for helping people sleep. We'll talk about that in another podcast. The first was white noise. The second was mouse pup calls. I know you have that as your ringer on your phone, maybe. But this was considered a positive stimulus. So if uh, these mouse pup calls would be something that maybe would stimulate your brain. The third was Mozart piano music, another structured possible positive stimulus, silence, and then the ambient noise of the lab just pumped into this little box. And so what they did... They were looking at two types of things. They're looking at proliferation of brain cells and differentiation. That means maturation of brain cells. And they chose Mozart's Sonata for two two pianos uh, as sort of a tongue-in-cheek way um, of looking at this baby Mozart or Mozart effect. Like if you listen to Mozart, you're going to get smarter. And obviously it's a controversial claim, but this is the one Sonata that most people would agree is the most valuable one if you're looking at it. Again, they looked at survival, proliferation, and differentiation of brain cells, and they measured that at three days and seven days. So the details of all the experiment and the findings can be found on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, but here's the bottom line. Silence beat all of the other ones in terms of the total number of cells surviving, interestingly. So it beat ambient noise, white noise, pop calls, and Mozart. It also was tied with Mozart for the effects on proliferation or total number of cells, and... and it was better, silence was better than the ambient noise uh, in terms of differentiation. So this specific paper, I think, provides really, it's basic science because it's a, it's not in humans. Uh, but in order to count the cells, they had to do certain things with the mice brains, which we don't want to talk about here. But I think it provides robust basic science evidence to suggest that incorporating some silence in our lives could be valuable. And, I, and when I first read this paper about a year or so ago, I started doing something that was very hard for me. I turned off my phone. I turned off my radio when I was driving for 15 minutes or more. I only lasted about 15 minutes typically. But I would just, and obviously that's not complete silence because you hear the road noise and things like that. But I would just try to not pick up my phone, not turn on the radio, not turn on you know, uh, some, something else, not try to chat with somebody. And I would just just try to ha- spend a few minutes of quiet time. I got to tell you, now I crave the silence in my car. I think it opens up my brain to new ideas. It helps calm me down. I'm not listening to the news where people are screaming at each other all the time. And I'm actively now searching for more ways to add silence into my life because I do think it's a vitality enhancer. So I would appreciate your comments and thoughts about this. You can put them in the uh, comment sheet below here, or you can look again on the Vitality Explorer Substack site for the reference and all of the charts as well. The second one we're going to talk about, remember this week is all about your brain and how to stimulate it or enhance it or keep it brilliant. And the second second one we're going to talk about today is brain stimulation protocol accelerates learning, right? So who wouldn't want to learn a little faster and more accurately? So the, the, the paper we're going to talk about here is learning at your brain's rhythm, individualized entrainment boosts learning for perceptual decisions. Lots of big words there. So I actually had to look up the word entrainment, E-N-T-R-A-I-N-M-E-N-T, to to produce this post. But here's, here's what entrainment means. Cause another gradually to fall in synchrony with it. So what we're really going to be discussing is how to get your brain in sync to help it learn faster and with better accuracy. All right, so let's begin with the results and then we'll discuss the methods and details of the paper. So subjects were exposed to an individualized brain synchronization protocol at, as you might expect, a faster learning rate. But it was pretty impressive. Okay, so those those people who got the protocol also had higher accuracy. So it wasn't just that they learned faster. Their rate of of learning was faster and their accuracy was better, right? So here's some of the details of the protocol. Pause for a second here. We're going to have to learn a, a pinch about our brains and able to, in order to understand this a little better. Sorry, I'm not quite all there yet here. So our brains are constantly producing electrical impulses, even when we sleep, okay? So these impulses can be picked up if you put little things on your head called electrodes. The impulses then can be sent to a screen. You can view those, you can print those off, but this is called an electroencephalogram, also known as an EEG, okay? So that's similar to your body's, your heart's, yeah, electrocardiogram also known as an EKG so you can think of this as sort of a and there's a graphic up on the vitality explorer substack site where electrodes are applied to the head and then you see a printout of these squiggly lines uh, that represent your brain's electrical activity and alpha waves are part of this EEG and they can be found on that um, that pattern and they occur in healthy adults while we're resting with their eyes closed they disappear during sleep um, you know, and, and, and when there's a concentration on a specific task. But the rhythm and frequency, excuse me, the rhythm of the alpha waves is somewhere between 8 and 13 uh, hertz. Okay, now that's that's based on, that's an individual variation. So here's the specifics uh, of this. This was a human study. 80 participants, age 18 to 35, young people, were divided into equal groups. They were then asked to report whether they were presented with a concentric or radial pattern on an image. So circles or sort of you know something that looks like it's radiating out from a point. And you can see the actual images on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. So you're, you're asked to say, is this radial or, or concentric? The subject's brains were then entrained. Remember, that means to be put in sync by presenting a flicker, just a short flicker before the beginning of the test so they gave and this was this was interesting because the flicker was either set to match the peak alpha frequency of each person each participant or it was a, or it deviated that so there's matched groups and not matched groups so this is this is an important piece of the protocol so the primary conclusion cl- was that combining this flicker induced entrainment remember syncing up your brain with EEG we were able to demonstrate that individuals learn faster and when they're at their own brain rhythm, so you can think of this as sort of like something that's very briefly applied via a screen, just a flickering of the screen that kind of sinks your brain up to it. So I found this paper fascinating. I'm really not maybe doing it justice because I'm trying to give you the specifics that I think all of us can understand. Um, you can look at the full PDF of it that's on the on the website or on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. But here's here's the analysis. I think this is a complex but important paper that we should try to understand if we wanna live our, our, our most vital lives. Because vital people are lifelong learners. And that's a component of keeping our brain really, really involved. And, and if, if you could have just a few seconds of a flicker on a screen that was connected to your brain and put you in sync, Wow, that's pretty crazy, right? That could that, that could lead you to learning faster and better accuracy. So this is obviously not definitive. This is rapidly evolving, and it's not completely understood just yet, <coughs> excuse me, how it actually works. But I think we should keep an eye on this of trying to use ways to sync up our brainwaves when we want to become uh, better at using our our brains, okay, the final one, as I said at the beginning, may be my favorite one because I love blueberries right everything blueberry, but guess what blueberries can enhance your brain function right and I sometimes will, I, I live in Silicon Valley close to the Central Valley. We are very lucky to have blueberries most of the year, some of them come come from Chile or other places. Uh, Mexico. Um, but we are very, very lucky. But you can always buy blueberries and freeze them. And I'm delighted to report that strong scientific evidence supports eating blueberries to enhance your brain function. And this is true for a variety of ages, from as young as seven to people all the way into their 80s. And we're going to go through a couple papers um, in in detail today, but here's a conclusion from a meta-analysis, quote, existing evidence concludes that berry-based supplementations and foods have beneficial effects on resting brain perfusion, that's blood flow, cognitive function, memory performance, executive functioning, processing speed, and attention. Wow. So that's pretty impressive, right? It does a lot of great things. Uh, let's take a little deep dive into something called uh, a paper called blueberry supplementation in midlife for dementia risk reduction. So this was people 50 to 70. The next paper is going to be about some really young people. So this one's about people 50 to 65 years old, and they had a body mass index of 25 or higher. So they were overweight or obese, and they were also having cognitive decline. So these are people at risk for higher risk of getting dementia. And they were randomized to either consume one package of a blueberry or a placebo powder for 12 weeks. And the and the powder supplement was the equivalent of about a half a cup of blueberries, right? And then what they did is they looked at a variety of different uh, measurements of how your brain uh, works. And here's some of the fascinating results. So those subjects who the consumed the blueberry powder had uh, subjectively their their su- sensation of memory problems decreased. That's pretty that's pretty impressive, right? And then the again the the charts are. are are, they're basically off the chart it's crazy how much better the blueberry people were at week 12 compared to the control group and other memories called recall incursions that's re- recalling an item that had not appeared on a target list plummeted in, in the in the blueberry consumption group and then finally and importantly for people in the metabolic zone and you know with uh, being overweight or obese their insulin fasting insulin levels decreased so i feel like i'm a blueberry commercial here but you If you eat blueberries, your brain's gonna get better, your glucose is gonna get, you're gonna go down, or excuse me, your insulin's gonna go down. And the conclusion from this first study was that um, blueberry supplementation has neurocognitive benefit in middle aged individuals with insulin resistance and at risk for elevated future dementia. So go out there and get some blueberries if you're in that category. The second category, excuse me, the second study is this one cognitive effects following acute wild blueberry supplementation in seven to 10 year old children. Okay. So we've taken middle-aged now we're taking really young kids. And this was a, this is very interesting. A double blind study evaluated, evaluated children, age seven to 10, and they were given either 15 or 30 gram of freeze-dried wild, uh, wild blueberry drink or placebo for three days. And then they were given a variety of cognitive tests. Um, 75 minutes, three hours and six hours after either drinking the blueberry supplement or the placebo and the tests included things like verbal memory, word recognition, response, and levels of processing. So interesting, here's some of the, here's some of the results. The subjects that drank the wild blueberry had better immediate recall at 75 minutes and better accuracy on the cognitively demanding tasks at three hours. And the study also stated, quote, importantly, across all measures, cognitive performance include improved, consistent with the dose response model. This means that the subjects that consumed the higher dose, that's 30 grams versus 15 grams of the wild blueberry extract powder, had the best cognitive um, performances compared to the placebo. So other things that they found from the paper, word recognition was better. They had... Um, faster response times and and they you know really um, had better overall cognitive improvement so what I, what I take away from all of these studies is that, we can have specific and actionable ways to improve our brain and they don't always have to involve drugs or surgery or things like that Um, there's just lots of different things and other things for blueberries here's a couple other papers that you can look in the vitality explorer substack site enhanced task related brain activation and resting perfusion in healthy older adults with chronic blueberry supplementation and two or three others just on and on and on. So, you know, if, if you if you have somebody who is at risk for cognitive decline, it seems like blueberries are a good thing. The other things which we talked about before there were, you know, staying in motion, staying connected and staying passionate, adding some silence to your life. You know, those are, those are all important. And then that one particular study, which again needs, needs to be replicated, but this idea of stimulating your brain with, or, or syncing up your alpha waves. Um, i think we're going to find more and more that there's going to be devices that might come out or protocols that might come out to help accelerate as we start to understand a little better how our brain and our brain waves work that we can improve their function and and i do have a little bit of a bias towards doing things that are non-pharmacologic if if, (coughs) excuse me if at all possible minimally or non-invasive there's other things out there such as like focused ultrasound which is being used to treat the symptoms of Parkinson's disease, magnetic resonance, where you try to, again, probably sync up the waves of your brain and other things. But we're just beginning to understand the, the, your, your brain and how it functions and how we can improve it over time. Um, so I hope, you've, I hope you've enjoyed this week's deep dive into how your brain works and how we can potentially make it better. Uh, I encourage you to go to the Vitality Explorer Substack site to look at all the references. You can also join VitalityExplorers.com for a free text message, a version of this, which arrives on your phone for free every Monday. And until next time, I hope you get out there and dare to be vital. Thank you for listening.